Hi, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, the king of co-op, Steve Kingsley, and his special guest are going to review a game for you and have a related discussion. And without further ado, here's Steve! Welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. Steve here with another host. Hey, it's Mike! Yeah, and we are here to talk about something we've both been playing a lot of recently, which is the new Jagged Earth expansion for Spirit Island. We both kickstarted it and uh, got our copies and have been digging in. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite games, so I was like, really excited to get this expansion. So we'll see how it holds up later. We're not going to do the normal review format, but we're going to just have a discussion around it instead. Because I don't know how much our five points you have to know about Spirit Island would change much with this expansion. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, looking back to my review of Spirit Island and conversations I've had about the core game since, I don't think this one adds much. Like, really, I feel like Branch and Claw had most of the new elements, and this one doubles down on that stuff, plus adds a few new things. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, we'll certainly give you our recommendations for how we feel about the game, so you'll still get a (laughs) review-ish thing listening to this. But, Mike, what have you been up to lately? Ooh, um, so... For those who don't already know, I am a high school teacher and also the head of my department. So luckily or unluckily, I guess it depends on where you stand on things. I think it's mostly lucky from my point of view. We're going to be only online for the first semester. And we're about to start as of this recording. We're starting uh, in about a week and a bit, like a week and a couple of days. I'm trying to get all my stuff ready, get my whole department not to freak out get uh, them ready with all these online tools and then the the big kind of sort of damocles hanging over my head is that my seven-year-old will have his elementary classes during the day so he should be uh, at least somewhat distracted and involved in stuff but my four-year-old has nothing to do and you know i don't have like a live-in nanny or anything to take care of him so uh, it kind of gives me palpitations to even think about, but I have no idea what to do with him right now. <laughs> like, I don't want to just put him in front of the TV for five hours every day. So that's, like, my main yeah. source of stress right now, just kind of had a hand. And, and and I know, like, I'm still in a lucky position because I'm working at home. I know there's so many people in different parts of the uh, country and the world who are having to figure out, like, while their kids are home and they have to go into work, like, how do you make that happen? So... My, my situation is stressful, but not as stressful as uh, some people. But uh, yeah. <laughs> with that personal stuff out of the way, I've been playing a lot of games. I uh, just finished up covering Napoleon, uh, Field Commander Napoleon. Really good solo war game. Uh, that should probably be up by the time this airs. And I just got a... <laughs> oh, I got a lot of boxes today. Um, I got uh, Pendulum, which is the new uh, Stonemeyer game. I'm going to check that out solo in the coming weeks. And then I also got a bunch more uh, Too Many Bones stuff from Chip Theory Games. So I'm going to do another playthrough of that. And I think tomorrow I'm getting a box from Eagle Griffin. So I think it's going to be some Lacerda games, like uh, maybe On Mars or The Gallerist. I actually don't know. They didn't say what they were sending me. So I'll have some heavier kind of Euro stuff. So pretty eclectic uh, <laughs> collection of things coming up ahead. But yeah, just a lot of games and family while I stress out over work. How about you, Steve? What have you been up to? Pretty similar, actually. Though my my son, who's uh, starting kindergarten for the first time uh, this week, but yeah, uh, outside of that, I've been playing some fun stuff for sure. Like definitely Jagged Earth. Like I said, I've been playing a ton of that lately uh, to prep for this. I played a lot of a game called Deck of Wonders. This one, by the time this airs, the Kickstarter will probably be live already, and so you can catch a video and a review of my thoughts on that one. But that one is a Single deck, kind of like a mix of Magic the Gathering, but playing solo with a legacy aspect to it. So it's pretty cool. Definitely recommend checking that one out. And then also got uh, Rambo in the mail recently as well. So we'll be covering that one for the channel in the future. And that one is a, well, stealth game. So I'm super excited for that aspect because <laughs> I love me some stealth. And then I do have a notification that I got shipping label created for Marvel United. So that should be here soon as well. Oh, nice gonna play that with your uh your son i guess son my wife everybody will do it <laughs> anybody who will play with you <laughs> that's right <laughs> and yeah j- just to pile on with deck of wonders uh I-, I didn't get a prototype but i played with a designer on tabletop simulator and for anybody who likes kind of the old ccgs or hearthstone or anything like that this game is 
pretty awesome. I'm really psyched about it. I'll be uh, backing it day one for sure. Cool. That's what we've been up to. Uh, let's go ahead and thank some Patreons. Yeah, so uh, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, we're just thanking three of them, but all of you help us to defray the cost of putting on the podcast, uh, getting equipment, uh, recording equipment and that kind of stuff, buying games, going to cons when that can happen. So we really appreciate your support of the channel, especially in these trying times. Uh, so today I'd like to thank Nate Schultz, who is a co-op lover, Dave Morthammer, who is a co-op lover and one of the uh, most uh, active people on our Slack, and Jared Orlando, who is a co-op fan. So Nate, Dave, and Jared, thank you to you three. Thank you to all our supporters. And honestly, thank you to everyone who's on our Slack, on our Discord, uh, leaving comments on Facebook, leaving comments on our YouTube videos or on SoundCloud or reviews on iTunes. Everything helps. And we just love kind of having conversations and just being part of this cooperative and solo board game community together. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, for sure. And it's been fun to see the community grow a little bit, like even this weekend. Well, this weekend that we're recording this podcast, we're doing a little online convention, essentially, meaning that a bunch of the community members and some of the one-stop co-op shop guys, we're going to meet on different remote sources like Tabletop Simulator to play some games together. Yeah, I'm running a game of uh, Battle for Greyport, Arkham Horror LCG, and Too Many Bones. So those are three of my favorites. I feel like I'm the one who's... Uh... <laughs> getting the the best deal out of that uh weren't you gonna run a game or two too steve what are you playing yeah i thought i'd try something different we haven't talked about much on the podcast and i haven't played it in a while so i put on there uh play a game of black orchestra nice which is a um conspiracy game of the group back in world war ii that was trying to assassinate hitler yeah i've only played it uh twice maybe but i i enjoyed a lot of the aspects of the gameplay and like kind of going around trying to find the items for your plots and all that it was pretty cool yeah i'm curious how it goes so i'm hoping to get some new players and introduce them to that game but let's get to the main topic for this episode which is like we said spirit island jagged earth this is the second big box expansion for spirit island the first one was branch and claw and this is just delivering uh, from Kickstarters now, so I imagine will be available in retail in you know several weeks to a month from now. And yeah, Steve and I both backed it. Uh, Steve, what what are kind of your opinions on Spirit Island overall? I know we've talked about it a lot, like in our top co op episodes and stuff. But how do you feel about the game for those who haven't heard those? I had an interesting spin on Spirit Island. I was told it's a pretty good game. I sat down to play a demo at Gen Con, and I came away just not liking it. It was just a, a bad experience at Gen Con, how things were going, a lot of analysis paralysis, it wasn't being taught very well, and luckily decided to get a second chance at it, and really sat down and played it, and holy crap, love this game. It's <laughs> fantastic. It is easy one of my top games of all time, in my top three generally. I'm not sure where it sits exactly, I have to sit down and do my top ten again, but it's way up there for me. Yeah, and I actually have a very similar experience to you. Um, I played it, I think I played it uh, with Peter or Jerry, and it just seemed, it felt like a lot taking it in multiplayer, and I didn't love it after that play. But then I was like, hey, can I borrow it? And I played it kind of single spirit and had a lot more kind of control and time to figure out what was going on, and just like messed around with different spirits and saw how they played differently. And after that, I was totally hooked. And like you, it's uh, generally in my top three. I think it might be under Root and Arkham, so maybe in the top three, or maybe in the third spot. Arkham LCG, of course. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So, <laughs> neither of us had the best first play, but we got there eventually. Yeah, I guess that maybe take to heart. Like, if you do try this game, it doesn't turn out so well for you, just stick with it a little bit. It's, it's a hard game to grok, I, I would admit, but it, it's worth it. When it's We've had several conversations in the Slack about like how to teach it to new players. And I have a lot of advice on that. I won't repeat it all here. But yeah, I mean, this is one that if you teach it poorly or if you try to have like too many players your first game or too many complicated spirits your first game, it's one that can really fall flat and really leave people cold, I think. So you got to be careful with kind of how you introduce it. For sure, for sure. But let's talk about like what is Spirit Island in case people haven't heard about this game before. Oh, yeah, so it's, uh, I guess it's, it was one to four players, right? Because you only had four player boards, but now with Jagged Earth, it's one to six players, and it's a fully cooperative game. 
and you are just kind of go over the theme you are fighting off european colonists who are trying to come to your island but you are the spirits that have kind of been worshipped or feared on that island by its native inhabitants and you're basically trying to help them uh, kick off these invaders before they kind of take control of and pollute and despoil the island too much, which also weakens you. But in terms of the actual gameplay, uh, you have it's very uh, kind of differentiated. Each player has a unique spirit, which has a unique starting hand, unique powers, this like power track where you uh, place tokens on the board and kind of uncover new abilities for yourself. And each turn you play a number of these cards that uh, kind of represent your spirit's powers and how you can influence the uh, the game. And they start pretty minor, but you have the ability to kind of build up your powers as the game goes on and eventually like rip the island apart or start huge fires or create floods. And at the same time, the invaders are like putting explorers down, building towns and cities, uh, ravaging the land, uh, killing the things that are there, um, despoiling it and blighting it so that you can't really have as much influence there. And it's really a race to see whether you can defeat the invaders before they gain too strong of a foothold in the game. But fully cooperative, uh, you can you kind of each have your own board that you start on, but you can go into each other's kind of boards because it's one big contiguous island. And yeah, you're just all working together to fight these people off with your very different powers and abilities. And it's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is driven around fear, essentially. Like, you start off trying to... It's kind of hard to get everyone off the board or try to scare them enough. But as you continuously scare them, like things get a little bit easier and easier, and eventually you can just scare them enough where, like, they just give up. Or it can scare them enough where it's much easier to get certain pieces off the board and win the game. So, yeah, that's Spirit Island. And so let's talk about Jagged Earth. Where's Jagged Earth at? Yeah, so what are some of the key things, Steve? Because I know you've you've played, like, every Spirit. I've only played a little bit more than half of them. Yeah, so this expansion adds quite a bit. It adds more island boards, two new ones. And so now you have six island boards, so you can play a six-player game. It adds ten new spirits in the box, which honestly doubles the amount of spirits you had originally, which is a huge uh, amount there. You get bonus for six players. You get element tokens, which is nice in the game because oftentimes when you play these cards, you generate elements, and these elements are used to power your abilities in different ways. But you can also gain elements in different with other ways too, and it kind of gets hard to track. So these element tokens are nice for that. It adds uh, Badland tokens, which is something new, in addition to isolation markers, which is also new. It adds a bunch of new cards for like fear, blight, events, and power cards. That's if you're familiar with the game, it just adds more of that to it. It does revisit the core game a little bit in the sense that there were four low complexity spirits in the game. And each spirit has a complexity rating for it, but these four were like your recommended starting ones. Well, now they added what they're calling aspect cards. And these aspect cards change those powers of the spirits to generally increase the complexity or at least give uh, give them a little bit more variety. And of course, we get more adversaries and scenarios to change up the game and uh, some nice player aids. Yeah, and the amount of new mechanics Jagged Earth adds really depends on whether you have already gotten Branch and Claw or not. Because if you just look strictly at Jagged Earth, it doesn't add a ton. You've got the Badland tokens that uh, Steve mentioned, the Isolation Markers, uh, some of the Healthy Island cards, which basically are tracking like how much Blight has been taken off or put on the island and how close you are to losing. They have like some variants on those. They have the Aspect cards uh, Steve mentioned. But if you haven't played Branch and Claw, it also contains everything that Branch and Claw had. So (laughs) really, uh, if you just jump into this one first, you're getting so much new stuff all at once, which I could imagine could be pretty intimidating for uh, a new player or, you know, someone who's only somewhat familiar with Spirit Island. Yeah, it does a pretty good job detailing out which aspects of the game work best with Branch and Claw and maybe which ones work fine with just Jacket Earth. Or, or the, of course, the core set, right? So you can actually tailor the game and place certain spirits or certain cards or certain setups that are ideal for your collection. So some of these new mechanics we added, like one of them is the Badland tokens. So this is a pretty cool token. It's a token to represent like lava flow or like like just poisonous gas or areas that makes it like really hard for anything to survive. And mechanically, what it does in the game, it basically increases the damage dealt in that land 
for whatever source happens. So if the invaders do damage, they'll do damage damage plus one. If Dahan do damage, do they do damage damage plus one. And of course for you, if you do damage, you do damage damage plus one. And I really liked what this added to the game. It it made it really fun to like drop down a bunch of Badland tokens in a single location and then like drop a bomb there or a little little power card would just have a huge effect. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like the Badlands fine. Um, honestly, the least exciting part of Branch and Claw for me were all the different tokens. Besides the uh, Beast tokens, I thought those were used in a more consistent way, especially with some spirits focusing on them. But like mm-hmm. the Plague tokens and the... Uh, what were the ones that prevented exploring? That was... Uh, the Wilds. Yeah, the Wilds. Thank you. The Wild tokens, like, they're just fine. And Badlands, I feel the same way about. Like, it doesn't bother me. The The rules overhead doesn't feel like that much extra. So the fact that, like, more power variety comes out of them is cool. But if they hadn't included them, I wouldn't really cared. <laughs> you know, but it's neat. Like, you can get some cool combos going there, especially because, uh, they, you know, since they stick around, you can, like, create these, like, death zones for the invaders where there's, like, four Badland tokens, and even the most piddly of effects will wipe them out in five seconds. I also liked how it wasn't always strictly good for you. You had to really balance it out. Like, cool, this could be a really awesome kill zone, but... It also backfire if I'm not careful, because like I said, the, the invaders also get damage boost. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the next new mechanic, as Steve mentioned, are the isolation markers. These are put down by a lot of uh, power cards and things. And you have these in each player color, so you can kind of like show who isolated them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the reason I think they said that they have them in the player colors is that they uh, they go away at the end of the round, as opposed to other types of tokens that stick around. But I don't know, I found it a little bit weird that they were like these random things, kind of like the uh, defense markers on the back of your player tokens. But the uh, mechanical effect is that uh, invaders can't explore into a place that's isolated for that round. It can't be used to count as adjacent to anywhere. Big thing about that, if you know the game, is uh, explorers can pop out from an adjacent settlement, like a town or city. But if you isolate the only town or city in an area then you've cut off the ability for explorers to pop out from that place. And it can also like uh, integrate with powers and all those kind of things. So uh, for me, isolation markers, just like Badland tokens, they're fine. I don't really care about them. In fact, these I find more kind of annoying. Like I, I almost wish they weren't on the powers because it feels more fiddly. And the fact that it goes away at the end of the turn is harder to remember. Uh, but, you know, it, it's okay. But I like Badland tokens better than these. How did you feel about them, Steve? Yeah, I, I didn't find them fiddly, because it's Simney's defense for me. Like, I like down a defense marker. It's no, no big deal for me to pick up later. The, the thing about the isolation markers, they are high risk, high reward. Well, maybe not high risk, but they it, it's a risk-reward type situation, where generally you're laying these down during the, your fast phase. Uh, you can lay them down through some other phases too, but generally during the fast phase. And so you're trying to, like, guess that, like, well, I saw... I saw a mountain and a and a and the sands or desert come out of the deck so far. So I haven't seen a jungle yet. So maybe the jungles are going to explore. And so you can lay down uh, strategically your your isolation markers on the jungles and hope that that specific land will get isolated and they won't explore into it. But when you flip that card, uh, maybe maybe you get the wetlands and then your isolation markers doesn't do anything, right? And if you only lay down one of them, it's not super effective, but if you're able to like uh, do a little bit of card counting or lay down a bunch of them, it can be very powerful. And there is one spirit in the game that excels at this. Yeah. That wound up being uh, pretty fun to play. So yeah, this is a it's an interesting one. I I like it, but I it makes it hard to depend on it unless you're able to lay down a bunch of them. So the other new mechanic they added. This one's a pretty minor one, but in the game you have a healthy island card. And so this card, you put a bunch of uh, what's called blight counters on it. And when the invaders do enough damage to the land, you'll remove a blight counter from this card and place it onto the island. And when there are no more blight counters on the healthy island card itself, you'll flip it over and you'll have a blighted effect. And these are normally pretty bad. Um, There's some good ones in there, I guess. But generally, they're, they're bad. You don't want this to happen. The cool thing about this, though, is now they added cards in this this deck that called still healthy islands so you flip it over and guess what yeah you add more blight to the island but the island's actually doing okay it's not not that bad and then when that card clears you add a, a blight uh blighted card effect 
to the to the game state. And so I've had this happen on a couple times in my games, and it was a welcome change to see that. Oh, nice, we get we get a little buffer. It's nothing you can depend on, but I liked it. It was it's a nice little tweak, and it's something fun. Yeah, I mean, this again, I didn't really care that much about. Honestly, when I get them, because I've got them in I think two different games now, I I get angry <laughs> because they. Uh, in my experience, the negative effect you get from them is worse than like the maybe couple of extra blights you've gained. So I generally much prefer to just have my straight up, you know, like blighted side show up and just deal with that instead of having like deal with the first effect and then like have the unknown of what the actual uh, card will be when I uh, replace it. So it's fine. Like it didn't offend me that it existed in the game, but I, I could definitely leave it. It's extra rules that I didn't really care about and I didn't really like when I actually had them in my game. So there's another one that didn't really hit for me. There is a, also one other slight annoyance to it. And the fact that like I normally like to like shuffle up the, the healthy island cards, put one down, put the rest back in the box. Well, guess what? You can't do that anymore. <laughs> because if you flip over the still healthy island card, now you have to go back in the box and fetch one of those cards back out. It was kind of nice to put them back in the box and out of the way. Yep, yep, I agree. I just deal two down now, which, you know, I guess is not maybe not enough if the next one is also still healthy. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then uh, as Steve... Steve already went into this a bunch, but uh, you have the new Aspect cards. Um, I personally love this, because my biggest thing, and we'll talk about this with kind of our overall opinion about the expansion in a moment, but my favorite thing in this game is new spirits. Like, I like them more than new adversaries, new scenarios. Like, nothing makes me happier in this game then playing around with new spirits and seeing like the new tricks and like special abilities they have. And at least for me, I found the aspects to kind of be like half a new spirit, you know? So since you get, uh, it's for four spirits, but you have doubles for some of them. So you get, you're kind of getting like two or three new spirits. If you kind of take the half math along that way. So I think this is great. And it also, I haven't tried this yet, but I can imagine it being a new way to kind of, uh, work a new player into the game. Because in the past, I would always give them one of these basic spirits and kind of let them learn that way. And then I would be like, hey, you ready for a tough spirit? But if they weren't quite there yet, I could give them an aspect for the spirit they just played. So they already know like half the stuff for that spirit and just get to play around with something a bit more complex while still having a lot of familiarity to it. So it's not like as dull as just playing the exact same spirit a second time, but it's also not quite as complex as jumping into a new one. So I like these for both like that potential teaching aspect, haha aspect, and then <laughs> I uh, also just like the fact that it's kind of more spirits in a way. Yeah, I'm kind of the other side. This was it was fine. I mean, it's I like the spirits as they are. I don't mind playing a low complexity spirit. In fact, uh, one of them is one of my favorite spirits, the river one. Yeah. I absolutely love that guy. So I don't feel the need to necessarily have to try different powers because I like the way it is. I but it's it's nice it's there it's fun to change it up um i did use that to my advantage though because my my son saw me playing this game and he's five so uh he can't really play spirit on of course but whatever i'm gonna try to make it work for him so i wound up choosing um he wanted to play like the shadow and flame guy and so his aspect actually decreases the complexity of of how to play that spirit so i definitely like okay we'll play with this rule for you and it actually worked out in that favor i mean as much as a five-year-old could play Spirit Island, right? Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, yeah, so, but regardless, I mean, it's nice that it's there for flexibility, but this is nothing that I was really excited about. And probably the last one I think a lot of people were interested in is the, the event system in the game that Branch and Claw included. Um, I personally love a lot, but I know not everyone shares that. And the rules for playing the game with these tokens, because they actually impact the game quite a bit. The tokens we're talking about are like the, the wilds, the disease, the strife, and the beasts. And, well, the balance too, actually. Um, you you can choose to play with those and not have to play with the events because with Branch and Claw, it felt like when you're playing with those tokens, they didn't really do much without the event cards because the events actually add and remove those tokens from the game quite a bit. And so with this new new change to the game, it gave people a flexibility to play, play without the, the random, random events if you didn't like to I tried this a couple times, and it works It works fine. And how it works is you just put a card into the Invader Explorer deck, and when that comes up, it gives you a global power to control the beast for, for one action. And you can do that between the first and second stage and the second and third stage of those cards. 
it, it works fine, but it I won't choose to play this because I like the event so much. So I was just uh, kind of okay about it, but I'm sure there'll be a, a lot of people who will like this. Yeah, and I'm in the exact same place as you. I, I also love the events, but it's cool that they included this. Like, it's, it's definitely nice that they give just more. I mean, this is already a game that is chock full of player control of like what experience you want to have. So just adding that one extra thing, especially since it just comes in a few small cards, I think is great. For sure. Well, let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about the new spirits, because I think that's what everyone loves about this game. Yeah, so, I, I again, you've played them all. I've only played some of them, but pretty much all the ones I've played, I've really enjoyed. The only one I'm still iffy on is uh, one of the ones I had in my playthrough video that's on the channel, which is uh, the Starlight one. Starlight Seeks Its Form. One of my favorite things about Spirit Island is finding out what makes a spirit tick and like learning to succeed with their specific uh, strengths and strategies. And kind of the theme of Starlight Seeks Its Form is it is malleable and you can have different strengths and strategies each time you play with it, which is really cool. I love the concept. But in play, I kind of wished that it had something going on. Like I know I basically it, it puts the onus on me as the player to try to set up some combos for it and try to give it some kind of uh, flavor or personality. But I, I personally didn't find that one great. So that was probably like my least favorite of the ones I played with. But I know you were really excited about that one, Steve. How did you like it when you actually got it to the table? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I I liked it. It's very powerful in the sense that it's so versatile. That's, that's where all its power comes from. But it's interesting that once you start defining it, once you start going down one of these paths, it becomes it narrows down, right? It becomes less powerful because it can't, it doesn't have the potentiality anymore. But you can do some pretty good combos with it. I liked it. It wasn't my favorite spirit, but it's it's one I would enjoy quite a bit. the The one I struggle with quite a bit was the fractured days spirit. It was really cool, but he uses like time to pay for his cards, and so time is. Uh, when you take your your presence off your track and you put it in a, in a separate area. And so you're not putting your presence on the board, but you're still removing it from your track, so you're still getting those bonuses. And when you play these your unique powers from your hand, you have to then um, add those presences, uh, those presence back onto your track. So it's a, it's a weird mechanic that way. But on top of that, you also get some really interesting effects where he has his own, or it, I don't know what it is, <laughs> has its own market to buy power cards that's only only you can buy from so that was interesting in the sense that i got saw a huge slew of cards I'm like oh man i can actually look at all these cards and look for the combos between them and plan my strategy around that uh, but he he actually needs that because it doesn't really do anything similar to your complaint about starlight i felt like fractious guy was also like not quite defined on what it does you have to kind of define it yourself yeah, and the other thing, it sounds like Fractured Days has the same issue, at least for me, especially when I'm trying to play like two or three spirits at the same time solo. I, I don't love having to look through a ton of power cards every turn. And Starlight definitely requires you to do that. Like it gives you so many ways to get new power cards all the time, which I guess is exciting in a way, but I already feel like my brain is kind of overfull. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I like how most spirits are, where, like, every two or three turns, you get to get one new power, and you slowly boost up, and you still have your consistency. And, yeah, if I, if Fractured uh, Time or whatever has, like, a market, and you're looking at constantly new cards, that sounds like my nightmare <laughs> for Spirit Island. <laughs> yeah, there's some really interesting concepts in here. Uh, I was actually most excited for just to round out the spirits, because in Branch and Claw we got spirits that excelled at a specific token in the game. So we talked about the token before, the wilds, the bees, the strife, and then the disease. And so in Branch of Claw, you got one spirit that's really good with the, the, the wilds token. And we also got one that was really good with the beast token. But we we didn't have a, a spirit that's good with the, the strife and disease. Right. And so now with Jagged Earth, we finally got those spirits. So I feel like... I feel better now. My OCD is like calming down. Like yes, I've got the, the collection now. I can I can breathe breathe easy. So, um, so I was excited for that, and then I was also excited because when I was playing this game, I was talking to my buddy who's really likes the game a lot too, and, he, and I was like, man, we're on this island. I would why don't we not have a volcano spirit? And lo and behold, we get volcano spirits. So I'm really happy with that one. So, how did that one play? Because I didn't try him yet. I loved it. I it's I wasn't sure what to think. Like. Because this is one where you can only place on mountains. 
put your presence on mountains. So it feels a little bit like ocean in that regard. Yeah. But it plays very differently. So you build up a bunch of tokens on these mountains, and then you will sacrifice those tokens and play a bunch of cards to do an explosion. And explosions happen all around around the mountains. And then you have ways of returning those destroyed presence back to the board so you can build up to another explosion. So you're just doing these explosions all over the place, and it's it's really fun. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite of the one I've played is, uh, is it Many Minds is one, or Many Voices is one? The like Yeah, Many Minds, yep. Yeah, so I I loved the, uh, the beast-focused spirit from Branch and Claw. And I also loved, uh, I think it's Thunderspeaker or Thunderspeaks, I forget what her name is, but the uh, kind of like Dahan leader from the core game. Because one of my favorite sort of play styles is uh, bringing people around with you and getting them in the right spaces to do the damage for you. So anything with like the Beast or the Dahan like definitely uh, works for me. So yeah, Many Minds is one I found was kind of a nice, like the fact that it's another Beast focused one, but in a very different way I found than the one from Branch and Claw. I, I really was digging that, and had, like I just played with it today, and I had a lot of fun. I I really like Lure of the Deep Wilderness was one that stood out to me, and this one's interesting that you can't place your presence in the coastlands at all. It's all like if you look at the artwork, it's like a weird frog thing with this yeah. like limiting orb on top of them, and so the whole concept is like, oh yeah, come to me, follow me into the jungle, and then like people just die in the jungle, right? They disappear, <laughs> you don't see them again, <laughs> and like. The the vision of how it would play in my mind, and when I actually sat down and played, it totally aligned, and I loved it. It was so much fun. Like, oh yeah, come here, just leave your cities, come to the wilderness, and they never get seen again. So, <laughs> yeah, and I had fun with uh, this. Is the other one I played in my playthrough, the uh, trickster one. I guess is the the strife focused one, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and he was a lot of fun. Uh, one of my favorite things about him, although it uh, backfired horrifically in the video <laughs> a lot of the time, is that. Um, he can, if he gets uh, his, his right, uh, you know, energy or uh, element tokens each round, uh, he can uh, put like pick a space and then just discard a random power from the deck and do whatever the power says, <laughs> which I, I don't know. Like, I, I like randomness and goofiness, and it's so different from anything I've seen any other spirit do. I just had a blast with that. Like, I would, you know, pick this place where all these invaders are. And I'm like, please, please, please kill some of them. Please, please, please. And then it would be like, hey your Dahan are happier. Make a Dahan here. And I'm like, no, he's going to get killed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, it, it was just a, uh, it's, it's a random one. It's a goofy one. Um, and also like his cards is kind of having the, uh, the invaders bicker amongst each other and putting like strife all over the place. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with that uh, thematically, even if it didn't always kind of mechanically lead to me winning the game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That was fun. The, the other one I'll, I'll mention, and I think this might be a promo one. So excuse me if it is, but, uh, there's the, the, the hummingbird uh, hummingbird spirit. Yeah, I think that's one of the promos, because I got that too. Yeah, that was a promo. And was the, the, the rainbird? Was the other one? I can't remember. But regardless, yeah, the finder of paths unseen is really interesting, because if you look on the back of these cards, they give you stats to say, hey, what are they good at? Like a bar graphic, give you an idea. Is this good at offense? Is it good at defense? Is it good at utility? So on and so forth. Well, Finder's offense is is actually marked in the negative. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, and so it's really interesting because if you do damage and you and you destroy stuff in the Vaders, you have to lose a presence and an energy. So you don't want to destroy stuff. But Finder is ridiculous at isolating areas and moving things around. And so I actually wound up playing a game with this with Colin. Uh, and he played a spirit who can generate a ton of major powers and a ton of energy. And so all I did was like move all the invaders around the board to a kill zone and had him just wipe them all out. It was so ah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. Like just just like the previous uh, releases, some spirits lend themselves toward that support role, which I know is a personal favorite of you, Steve. In most games, definitely a lot of fun. Did you play any of the adversaries, or what did you think of those? Yeah, I played. Uh, I played. I think it's Russia who are like the hunters of beasts in my playthrough, and I played Scotland. Uh, and actually replayed Russia today because they beat me in the video I put online. They are a nightmare pretty quickly if you cannot oh, yes. deal with them consistently. Like, th th their big thing starting at level one is that their invaders do plus one damage, which, if you know the game, means that even, or uh, sorry, uh, they're explorers, which means that even a single explorer can blight the land. 
And that used to be like, you know, in almost all my plays, that was like the key strategy. Oh, don't, don't let that explorer build, you know, move him over here. And then a single Dahan can kill him and he won't do anything. But now, nope, he kills the Dahan and he blights the land. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, I definitely, I, I felt very good with my uh, many minds as one. So I, I had to go, you know, beast against beast hunter uh, play, of course. Uh, they just destroyed them. Like I had so many animals on the board. They were like, huh, dust, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. The, and uh, Scotland, I found very challenging as well. Did you get to play them, Steve? I did play Russia, but I played Scotland and um, Habs- Habsburg as well. So I played those two, but not Russia. But yeah, they I did find Scotland very challenging. It was yeah. focusing on the coastlines, I think, was what, what they were excelled at. Yeah, which, I mean, the game already does anyway. <laughs> so right, exactly. just felt like a double whammy when you got into a phase two, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I like playing with the adversaries. They're not, like, my favorite thing because I, I just love the spirits so much. But I it's fun to have a little, little uh, change up in the, how the game plays. Yeah, I'll be totally honest. If the game just had all the new spirits and nothing else, I would have still been entirely happy and I still would have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I think I would agree with that, yes. Because <laughs> I, I still don't think I've played all the adversaries from the base game in Branch and Claw, and I definitely haven't played all the scenarios from base game in Branch and Claw, whereas I've, of course, played every spirit multiple times, you know, so I make a point to explore the spirits, but the other stuff is like, ah, eh, if I'm in the mood, I'll try out something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I was looking at the scenarios too, and there's there's some cool ones in there. Uh, I, one of them I liked a lot. I haven't tried it yet, but it sounded really cool. It varied terrains. So now each terrain has a special ability or effect associated with it, which sounded really fun. Um, obviously, increased the complexity quite a bit because now I can remember, well, hey, what's Madden do again? But <laughs> at least it's on the card in front of you. Yeah, and there's another scenario in there that I don't know what to think of. I, this might have been a promo scenario. I'm not positive. I, I can't get things mixed up because I wound up just throwing everything in one box anyway <laughs> but one of them is you can't communicate regularly in the game so it turns the game into yes. like a weird like how do i i can like point to and like damage i can like say a few like game effect things like two fear please for example but like i can't talk strategy so how do you how do you communicate without that i don't know i, I i'll try it out sometime but i'm not too keen on on this uh concept but Steve, you love limited communication games. Don't you remember when we talked about <laughs> Arkham Horror Final Hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mind it in the right sense. And this one, I'm not sure is the right sense for me. But I'll try it out before I, I lay judgment on it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever try it. It definitely seems like a gimmick. And it's like, you know, I, I, I enjoy the cooperation in the game. So <laughs> why make that exactly, more challenging? Exactly. But somebody out there will have a blast with it, I'm sure. So, Steve, overall, before we get to a bunch of uh, questions that were sent in by Slack and Discord members, uh, how do you kind of feel about the expansion overall? And uh, do you think, are you happy that you kickstarted it? Oh, yeah, I am very happy with this. I met my, actually exceeded my expectations, but part of the problem was I saw expansion from Spirit Island and I basically clicked back without even reading anymore. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't care what it is, I want it. So... Because I knew at least they were going to round out the spirits, like I said before, because I wanted a spirit to focus on each of those tokens, and that was enough for me. Um, but when I got it and opened up the box and realized that, wait a second, this is doubling the number of spirits in the game, and that is my favorite thing about the game. Yeah, e- this is an easy win for me. Yeah, and me too. I think it's great. And actually, I don't think it's a too controversial thing to say, but if somebody is thinking about getting this and they just have base spirit island and they haven't gotten branch and claw yet... I would say get this one once it's available before Branch and Claw, because you get so many more spirits. Branch and Claw is only two, and everything in Branch and Claw is in here. So if you want to have the same access to like special abilities and events and all the cool stuff Branch and Claw added, they are also in here, plus a bunch of new stuff. So I, you know, I haven't seen the price on this yet compared to what Branch and Claw costs, but I imagine just with how these kind of things work and package deals being less. I would imagine that Jagged Earth won't be like ridiculously more expensive than Branch and Claw, and I would certainly go for Jagged Earth first. It is a bit more complicated, but hey, you're going for an expansion anyway, so you're ready for some complication, right? <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my comment. Like, I agree with everything, but I do feel like Jagged Earth definitely ratchets up the complexity overall for the game. So if you're like, not ready for it, then maybe Branch and Claw is okay, but otherwise, for content-wise, yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to finish up the episode with some questions. These uh, were sent in by Slack members and Discord members. Just we kind of asked, like, hey, what do you want to hear us talk about with Branch and Claw? Or <laughs> not Branch and Claw, Jagged Earth. And, you know, what, what questions do you have? What thoughts do you want us to share? 
So, uh, Steve, you just want to kind of like go through these? Yeah, so the first question we have is, uh, do any spirits get into your top five spirits, or at least do they have potential to do so? Yeah, for me, I would say probably the Many Minds is one, and the Trickster, but I haven't played enough of them yet. So, I, yeah, this is a tough one for me to answer. Possibly. <laughs> Steve, you have a better read on this one. Why don't you go? <laughs> yeah, I like the spirits that can do control generally, that like can manipulate the move things around. Finders of Path and Scene does that really well, but it's really hard to play, so I'm not sure that's going to make it up there. I tend to be more support player, so this is going to be weird, weird for me to say, but the Volcano one, I actually loved, and it's just all offense. So <laughs> for whatever reason, I think that's probably my top five. And there's another one in there, uh, Shifting Memory, which was really cool because you can gain power cards, uh, major power cards, without forgetting a card. And he has he can actually store elemental tokens, so he can like power up and get a ton of energy. In fact, one of his growth options is plus nine energy. Like, um, okay. Wow. <laughs> so he can lay down the pain of these major powers and makes the game super fun. Next question is, what is the worst part of the expansion? And for me, I would say it's the extra tokens and things. And I don't mean worst part is in they're actually bad. I just didn't need them. Like I could take or leave them and they make the game more complex with like the powers and stuff in there. So I would not have minded at all if they weren't there. Yeah, I don't mind the tokens necessarily. I So yeah, for me, it's definitely just the overall complexity increase. Like, I don't mind complex games, but this one, I don't know if I was ready for it. Like, there's a power in the game that adds a new island board to the game. Like, wait, wait, what? Did that just read that right? Um, so, I mean, I guess that's cool because you also have a power, I think it's in Branch and Claw, that destroys an island board. Yep, so maybe yep. you can offset it. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, overall, these are very complex spirits and not for the faint of heart if you just jump in the game. Like, I would definitely stick to the core box for a bit until you're comfortable before before dabbling with some of these. When that goes right into the next question, is the expansion essential? Uh, do you think so? Well, it, like I mentioned before, I wanted that set of spirits to have to focus on each of those tokens. So for me, yes. <laughs> but if you don't care about having a nice set of, of, of those tokens and... And then I don't know. I mean, you can play Spirit on Core and not and just have a ton of a blast with that. There's so much content in the Core box by itself. But I love Spirits. I love the variety in this. I think we're at what that 24 spirits with all the promos now. It's just a ton of content. You, you're good. You're good. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would agree that I'll I, I love it all. But I, you, the Core box is such a great like it's one of the greatest deals in co-op gaming. So that's enough sure. if you need just that. The next question is probably one on everyone's mind because like, wait, did you just say 24 spirits? I'm like, yep. So can you fit everything into one box? I mean, I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer is kind of. So I've seen people seen people post pictures of uh, storage solutions out there with inserts they've made. And they've done it on sleeve cards, but the box lid... Is just a little doesn't quite close to the bottom, so it can't, it mostly works. But if you have sleeve cards, yeah, it's it's not gonna happen. I I'm gonna put mine in two boxes for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I have mine in the jagged earth box and the core box. And here's the thing: I mean, you, you all do what you want, but the way that I box things is not to take up the minimum number of boxes, but to make games I love the easiest to get to the table possible. So sure. like how I did a Spirit Island is I have everything that I always need in the base box. So that's like all the power cards and all like the boards and that kind of thing. And then I have the stuff I just have to go into to get a couple things in the uh, Jagged Earth box. So that's where all the spirit boards are. That's where all the adversaries are. That's where all the starting spirit cards are. So I just get everything out of the base box, grab like five things from the uh, Jagged Earth box. I'm good to go. And it, I can set up in like no time at all. So yeah, I, I personally see no reason to <laughs> shove a billion things in there, make it way tougher to find stuff just to get it to be a little bit smaller on my shelf. As much as I am clearly someone who likes to keep my shelves uh, light. <laughs> <laughs> Next question we have is, uh, name some of your favorite minor and major powers that came up. Like the effects, not necessarily the names. Like what were some cool things you saw cards do in the game? Yeah, I mean, the only one that like was so crazy it stuck with me is the one you mentioned, Steve, where you add an entire island that has no invaders on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I only pay attention to like the... Oh, well, actually, I know. There, there was one... Uh, I forget what it was called, but it's like a void. Like you create like a basically a black hole and it just sucks everything <laughs> into it. 
And then if you like forget a ton of powers and like hurt yourself in a ton of ways, like lose some presence, you can do it again, like in another spot. So you could just like theoretically wipe the entire board of invaders at the cost of like losing all the Dahan and yourself at the same time. That one was cool. But those are the ones I gravitate towards, like crazy powerful major powers that are just ridiculous. Yeah, there were some pretty interesting cards in here. Uh, one of them, and this was with the Fractured Sp uh, Day Split Sky, he was able to take the Invader Explore cards and like mix and swap them. So if you had like a level one in a discard and had a level two on top of the deck, you can actually put the level one back on top of the deck with the level two in the discard. So if you were to like skip the Coastal Land Explore card, that would be a pretty awesome effect, for example. It was, I mean, it's random because you don't know what's coming up. So that was interesting. That was cool to see. That was new. And there's also a a spirit in there. And I think it was uh, Shifting Memories, maybe, that is able to look at the next fear card that's coming up. So you know the effect. And that was really powerful because we were able to actually plan the effect and use it effectively in this, rather than like, oh, yeah, we've got this fear card. Flip it over and like, oh, this one didn't help us in this case. Or, oh, yeah, this one helped us. And we were able to able, like, like, yes. We are, are going to set it up so that we're going to maximize that effect and really, really hit the, the invaders hard. But um, I don't know. There's not a ton of them. You already mentioned the one that I was thinking in my head that we talked about, which add a new board to the game, which is just blows my mind. But it's they're all fun. I I don't know. There's some of that stand out more than others, other than those three we mentioned. Which is not a bad thing. Like, there's just so many new cards here. <laughs> you know, like exactly. they're not all going to stick in your mind after you play several times. All right, so uh, next question. Will you always play with the expansion contents in from now on? Uh, and at least for me, yes. Unless I, well, you know, actually, even if I'm teaching the game, I'll probably still play with them in. Maybe I won't do event cards and the tokens, but, and I'll just like redraw powers that refer to them. But yes, I just shuffled everything together. Like every single deck is stupidly huge now. And that's how they're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Easy answer for me. Mine's the same way. Though, I will generally play with the tokens, uh, and even with beginner games, de depending on who they are. Like Most people, I think, can handle the tokens uh, and not do the events. But yeah, I will always play this, for sure, with everything. And I guess the other caveat to that is, are you going to play Jacket Earth with Branch and Claw? And I, I think that answers holds true for us. We're just going to throw everything together and just play the game. This is our game state now, so... Well, and again, like Jagged Earth is just Branch and Claw plus some extra stuff. So exactly. once you have Jagged Earth in, you already have Branch and Claw in. <laughs> so you might as well shuffle those cards in because they aren't doing anything different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, which real world island do you think of when you play Spirit Island? Uh, I mean, the, the, I've only been to Hawaii <laughs> out of like a series of <laughs> islands in an ocean and Ireland. It definitely doesn't make me think of Ireland. So I don't know. I don't really think of any real world island when I play Spirit Island. Yeah, I don't think of real world island either, but I do think of a fantasy one. I think of uh, the island in uh, Moana. For oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yes, okay. Well, yes. If, if we go into like Disney, then I totally agree with you. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> have, have you seen the uh, the Pixar short Lava? Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I think of that when you play the Volcano Spirit, maybe. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> the next question is, is this still very compatible with simultaneous play? And yeah, I think it's an easy question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's... The, the only thing I would say is, um, since it is a bit more complex, I think there's a little bit more chance of players kind of keeping their heads down and mostly just staring at their board. Which is right. not going to impact simultaneous play, but it might impact cooperation until you get more comfortable. But that's true with any, like, of this kind of game where you're adding a bunch of new stuff in and people have to kind of figure it out. Yes, agreed. All right, next one, almost done. Do you feel you would back another expansion for Spirit Island right away, or is the game complete enough for you? What do you think, Steve? Yeah, for this one, I'm going to say this game feels complete. With 24 Spirits, I have a well-rounded support group for all those tokens, if another expansion came out, I'd be, I'm going to say now that I wouldn't get it, but knowing me and my inability to say no to games I love, I, I can't commit to that. So Yeah. And for me, I'm like 90% sure I would not get it. Yeah. Um, I, there's so much stuff more than I think with my, you know, busy, uh, reviewing schedule and all of that and family and work, there's more than I think I will ever play to the point where I'm bored with it. And I'm I'm a much of a completionist for most games anyway, so no, I I think I have all that I need. This this game is finished. 
when I look at this game, I can't, if I think of the question, or if I try to think of an answer to the question, what more do I want from it? I draw a blank, right? And so for me, it, it feels, it feels done. It feels good. Now I will say there's another kind of follow-up question. Would you play Spirit Island Legacy if they ever made like a legacy version of that? And that I would say yes, because that would feel like a sort of uh, tangential or, uh, you know, like sideways addition to the game and not just adding more complexity and content when I already have enough. Yeah, I would I would play Legacy for sure. I, I tend to like the Legacy aspect, at least my wife does, when, especially when we play like Aeons and Legacy. She was able to make her own mage. If we were to make our own custom spirit, that would be pretty cool. I'll get behind that. And then the uh, last question we have, I think is a fun one. This one's only for Mike. <laughs> so Mike, when are you going to do a six-spirit solo game for uh, the channel? Uh, for me, literally never. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Uh, I, I think I've said this before, but I drastically prefer playing this game with a single spirit. Like, that is yeah, definitely far and away my favorite way to play. I mean, it, not, I, I love co-op. Don't get me wrong. I will totally play two or three or four player co-op. But if I'm playing by myself, I'm not like uh, some people on our Slack who really find like single spirit dull. With single spirit, I feel like I have a full grasp on everything. I really get to like fully immerse myself. It's also fun to try out spirits that aren't really meant to be by themselves. You know, like they're kind of there to boost other people and just sort of make them work. And at least for my brain, it keeps the challenge like level, the cognitive load low enough that I can kick invaders up to like, level four or level five or level six and still feel like I have a good shot at beating them. Whereas the second I like go up to two or three spirits, I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm exact same way. I prefer to play one spirit. And like I said, solo plays great. I don't have any problems with how solo plays. And you can even do some, some interesting combos and things you can't do with cooperative play when you're doing solo spirit. I like the challenge of trying to win with every spirit in solo and that becomes a challenge with certain spirits like ocean who can't reach the inland area but trying to figure out how to win with that one or even the one i mentioned earlier the finder of pass and scene if you destroy anything you you lose a presence and lose an energy <laughs> uh and i've asked the question like hey can you win solo with that and people are able to do it and so that's to me that's a fun challenge in itself not i don't necessarily need to add another spirit to have a challenge all right, so there you go. A little uh, deep dive into Spirit Island, Jagged Earth. Uh, Steve and I both love it. If you like Spirit Island, once you're ready for some more complexity, this one is great. Just <laughs> chock full of content to keep the game having legs, being on your table for years to come. Yep, easy to recommend. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you at the next stop. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to talk to us all is on the Slack. See the show notes for details. Also, you can support us on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash one stop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week with another top five list.